Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the MKI Audio Podcast. This is episode 9. Uh, my name is James from mkiaudio.tk. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook uh, by searching for MKI Audio or head over to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash mkiaudio. Um, the podcast is also available on iTunes so you can subscribe and download all the episodes from there. While you're there, if you can leave us a review, uh, it'll help other people discover the podcast. Um, also, all the show notes, and if you want to comment or make a suggestion for the podcast, you can head over to mkiaudiopodcast.tk and you'll find everything there you need to know about the podcast or how to get in touch with me about the podcast. So that's all the technicalities out of the way. Let's jump straight into the main segment. Okay, in today's main segment, I'm going to talk about uh, recording do's and don'ts. Uh, it's pretty late at night over here. Um, the timings have been a bit off, so I've coffee in hand. We're going to try and muddle our way through it. Basically, what recording do's and don'ts is about is just a few things that I think you should do whenever you're starting out in recording and a few things I think you should try and avoid. Um, I've made the mistakes with a few of these and some of the rest of them are just really from speaking to people about it and learning the general practices of what you should do. Uh, now you might be saying that a lot of them tailor more towards somebody who is recording bands or recording artists that aren't themselves, but if you're a singer-songwriter recording yourself or you're maybe only starting out in engineering and the only people you're working with is you and maybe your friends, some of these things might not be as big an issue as if you were working for other people. However, if you're wanting to progress on and try and make something out of an engineering career, eventually you will start working with other people. And if you're in the bad habits of working the wrong way from the start, it's going to be very hard to break those habits and you'll get a very bad reputation if you mess up a recording session because you're doing things you shouldn't really be doing. So we'll start off with the things I think you should avoid um, whenever you're starting out and recording. Um, there's just a few pointers, they're nothing set in stone. As I say, there's no rules with anything to do with recording and mixing. It's really what works best for you. But these are a few things that I found have maybe got me into trouble in the past. So look out for them whenever you come to doing your next project and try and implement them from the very start. Okay, the first one is to keep a very clear line between the recording process and the mixing process. Um, whenever, if you're a recording engineer or you're recording a track for yourself or for a band, you want to get the best sound possible. So sometimes whenever you record a vocal or a, a guitar track, your first instinct is maybe to go in there and try and play about with EQ and... Um, maybe compression or try and edit it in any way. There's one reason why I feel people do this, and it's maybe the same reason that i done it at the start as well. Whenever I take a track, I find it very hard to see what the end goal is with it. So once I get the raw track down, I want to immediately go in and have a look at EQ and compression to see what it will sound like at the very end of the mix. Now, at the start, I thought this, this is more of a confidence thing, I think. Um, I wasn't sure if I had the ability to get that track to sound good at the very end of a mix. So it took a bit of practice to get out of the way of doing it. So I started off my recording and maybe took a few takes 
and left it at that. I don't open any EQ or compression or any plugin whatsoever. Now, at the end of a recording session, if I'm doing a rough mix to try and get a demo track for it, um, I may add in limiters or a certain amount of compression just to sort of set levels, but I won't do any real constructive editing or mixing on those tracks. So keep the recording process a completely different uh, stage than the mixing process. And that way you've no, no lines blurred between the two and you can say, right now I have all my tracks recorded, I am done with that stage, now I'll move on to the mixing stage. Whereas if you don't have clear guidelines between the two, you will start off recording, you'll think, right, I'm finished, I'll move on to mixing. Halfway through the mix, you think, oh, a guitar part might sound well there, I'll go back and record that. So you go back, record it, get it back into your session again, and then maybe a vocal's uh, not off or a line's not working on a song, so you want to uh, change the line or change the lyric. Again, you go back and record, and you end up going around in circles. You don't really get anywhere at the end of the day. So plan out your song from the start, or if you're working for a band, make sure they know exactly what they want to record. Lay it all out at the start in pre-production. Like I say, pre-production is a very important part of the recording process. Go ahead, record all your tracks, record a few takes if you have to, and then move on to mixing and don't look back unless you absolutely have to. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't concentrate and get things perfect from the recording process. If something's majorly wrong in the mixing process, by all means you can go back and record another guitar track. But if you're only if you're recording and then keeping it in the back of your mind that you have a safety blanket that well, if that recording's not great, I can always come back later on and re-record it. Then you're going to end up coming back because you'll never be completely happy with it. But if you have the determination in your mind to keep the two separate, you will know, right, I have to get a good recording now and then I can move on to mixing and I won't be looking back. Okay, the second one was a really big problem that I had and it came to my downfall a few times. And that is deleting text. Now, what I'm talking about here is um, whenever I started out recording, I would have gone through and recorded, well, usually I started with a, like, a guitar track to get the bare bones of the song down, so it was more recording a scratch track. So I recorded one take through, and I maybe got three quarters of the way through it and something went wrong, so I would have stopped and deleted that take. And then went back to the start again, done another take. Maybe it went the full way through, but I listened back and wasn't entirely happy with certain parts of it. I would delete it that take and went back again. Now, I kept going until I got a track that I was happy with. But here's the thing. Whenever I came to the mixing stage, there was maybe certain parts of that were off. Or uh, whenever I put it into the mix, it really didn't work right at all. Or there were certain bits should have been played slightly different. So I had no options because I had deleted every single take I had done before that. I had deleted them and I had no other options to go back and start cutting and pasting to get pieces uh, put together to get a decent track. Now if I had those um, previous takes there, whatever the part is in that song that I wasn't happy with, maybe the previous takes didn't go the whole way through or they maybe didn't sound great in certain parts, 
But that bit of the final take that I had that I wasn't happy with, maybe that was okay in the previous take. So I could simply have cut and paste that into the final take and that would have solved my problems. But no, I didn't have it and I had to go back and start recording again. So this is going back to the first point where I didn't pay attention to my recording session and then I was coming into the mixing session unprepared. I came across a problem and I couldn't fix it so I had to go back to the recording process. It just lengthened out the the process in general and you don't get as much done whenever you're toing and froing, ripping out gear to try and get it set up again just to take through one more take of guitar. Uh, it's not a productive way to work so try and avoid that at all costs and keep every single take you have. Nowadays when we're working in the digital age we're not recording to tape, we're not having reels and reels of takes um, sitting about the studio. We have a small box sitting on our uh, desktop which stores all those files and it can store hundreds and hundreds of takes so why would you go through and delete them now whenever I finally twigged on what the problem was here I laughed at myself for doing it but just keep everything you have you never know that, that a take that only goes halfway through might be the only time that somebody nails that guitar riff at the very start of a song and you're struggling to find that in the mix if you don't have that uh, sort of fall back to come back and cut and paste that into the mix again. So keep every take you do. Whenever the session's eventually finished or the, you've handed it over to the client, you can go through then and maybe delete takes that aren't needed anymore. But even at that, I wouldn't advise it. But if you're struggling for space on your hard drives, uh, keep the files you need, bounce them down, and then delete everything else then. But other than that, try and keep as much as possible. Okay, the final one I want to talk about, it's a bit of a predictable one. I'm sure you've heard it everywhere else before, but so I might as well throw my two cents into the hat on it. And that is, don't fix in the mix. Now, I'm sure everybody's blue in the face. Uh, we're getting preached at about this, but I can't stress enough how important it is. Um, again, if I use my own example... I would have got something as close as I possibly could, um, which maybe wasn't great, but through frustration, I would maybe say, I've done this guitar part seven times, I can't be bothered playing it again, I'll just run with it and try and fix it as much as possible whenever I'm mixing it into the song. That is not a great way to work. Uh, if you have a problem in the recording process and you come to the mixing process, the recording process is the easiest part of it. Mixing can be incredibly difficult. So if you're going into that with bad tracks that need fixed up and edit it quite heavily before you go into the mixing, it's only going to annoy you and you'll lose all that feel you had for the song. And some things can't be fixed in the mix. You might think they can, but whenever you get there, they sound unnatural and you would have been better off taking the time to take another two or three takes and try and get it nailed in the recording process. So there's certain things that just won't be fixed. If you're struggling to get guitar tones, well, there's so many things that can be tweaked quite easily in the recording process. You can play about with the tone settings in the amp. You can play about with the mic placement on the guitar cabinet. You can play about with the tone controls on the guitar itself, or maybe even play it slightly different. These are all quite easy things to do than the drawn out processes and mixing that you would have to do to change that. So whenever you're in the recording process, you might find yourself thinking, that'll do okay. 
get that saying out of your head from the start. Just always strive to try and get the best recording you can. And that way, whenever you come to mixing, you'll be able to throw up the faders and you'll be 80% of the way there. Sure, you might have to sprinkle a few effects on it here and there. Maybe do a little bit of editing or whatever. But you have the vast majority of it finished because you recorded those tracks right. So don't fix in the mix. I'm going to get t-shirts, print it off and send them out to every amateur engineer in the world. Don't fix in the mix. There should be a song about it. So if you want to work on it, send it in to me and I'll play it on the podcast. So that's enough about what you shouldn't do. So let's move on to what you should do. Or sorry, in my opinion, what you should do. Now, please remember, these are only my opinions. Uh, This may work for some people. It may not work for other people. Just take these as basic guidelines and mold them around the way you work. Because you will only truly be comfortable recording if you work the way you like to work. If you try and do what other people tell you or try and emulate the way other people work, it will be disastrous for your career. So if you're wanting to get anywhere in this business, find your own way to work and go with it. So what should you do when you're recording? The first thing I think you should do is take time to set up. Now, this is really the pre-production process. So you've gone through, if you're recording a band or an artist, you've talked through what songs you're wanting to do what parts are included in those songs, and how you want to record them. So if you're recording drums, for example, you've spoke through with the drummer and you know what fills are going to be there. If there's going to be a lot of tom work in it, you've maybe decided you need tom mics. Uh, If there's really intricate hi-hat rhythms in it, you maybe need a hi-hat mic to make sure the detail really gets picked up on them. Now that you have that rough plan laid out, Take time to set those mics up and check every one of them for levels and check them that they're capturing the right sound and they're not gathering in too much bleed if you really need an isolated signal. Uh, If you just throw mics at a drum kit, they will sound horrible. There are certain ways to set mics up and there's no real science between it, but there's different ways out there that can be guidelines for you to start with. So the likes of Recorder Man or Space Pair for overheads, um... Sort of, there's different angles to get your a snare mic set at. Look at all those as starting points, listen to them, and then ask yourself, is that the final sound I want? If not, again, going back to the other point, don't just say, it's okay, I'll fix it in the mix. Just get the sound the way it is now. Move that mic about a little. You never know, an inch up or down or angled slightly different can really make a difference to the sound. So play about with your mic placements, set them up, key point here make sure your drums are tuned uh fix all the heads new heads on them as well whenever you're recording um drums can sound really tired if they have really old beat up heads on them so just make sure the instruments looked after well if it's a drum kit or a guitar or even a vocalist voice if their voice is sounding rough on a day try and record something else and do the vocals another day and tell them to look after their voice by taking the time to set it all up properly you can run through and get the sound you're looking for and again it makes the mixing process 10 times easier okay the next point is record multiple takes so you have a guitarist there you've set the amps up set the mics up you're happy with the sound you're getting so you hit that red button and say go for it and they nail it first time so you think happy days move on to the next one 
you then get that into the mixing process and discover that the mic was being a little bit sensitive and there's a slight hiss through it or there's clicks and pops the whole way through it, you have just created hours of work for yourself. Now, if that performer has nailed that first time, chances are they're going to nail it second and third time. So I would always recommend take at least three takes. I don't care if every single one of them is identical and perfect the whole way through. Take at least three takes of each uh, instrument. So then if you have an issue with one, you can go back and check the other two and chances are you'll get something that you can put together to make a decent final track. You're not stuck, especially if you have gone out somewhere, uh, recorded a band and you've brought this back to your studio to mix and now you realise there's issues with it. You're having to phone that band up and go, listen, I'm going to have to get you all together again to record these guitar tracks. And they will think that is the most unprofessional thing because you didn't take the time to have that insurance policy in place. So take at least three, maybe four, five, six if it takes it, just to get at least three decent runs through that the guitarist has played the track perfectly from start to finish. And then you are guaranteed that you have something to work with if there is a problem with one of those tracks. Okay, the final thing is to label those takes. Now, all DAWs have the ability to uh, rename tracks and rename takes. So you can name it, say, lead guitar take one, lead guitar take two. Now, those tracks will also have the ability to have notes within them. So if you know for a fact that on the second chorus, the guitar... um, hit a few bum notes or they maybe went out of time slightly go into the note parts of those takes and note that down so you can whenever you bring it into the mixing session if you have say six or seven takes you can look through the notes in them and know right this take was perfect this take the second chorus and it was a little bit off this one here the guitar was slightly out of tune um you know, you can fix all, or you can see all those things in front of you, and it just makes it so much quicker to work with. If you allow your DAW just to automatically save those tracks, and you haven't named and saved them properly, you will open up a folder that has track one, take one, track one, take two, track three. You know, they're just really confusing names. If you have maybe 20 or 30 tracks, of different wee parts within the thing and you're having to go through and listen to all those waveflies to figure out what they are and what ones are decent so label them all and make notes about them even if you only have a pen and paper beside you whenever you're recording them you know you can note down okay uh bass guitar take three uh is the best take uh lead guitar take one uh final chorus was a little bit off you have it there immediately, so you can open them up and go straight to the files that you think are going to be best for the job. So you're starting off with a, an advantage already. So uh, label all your text so you know what they are. So to run through those quickly again, I'll go through the don'ts first. And that's don't confuse recording with mixing. Uh, don't delete your text and don't fix in the mix. So once you have those drilled into your head, here's what you should do you should take time to set up you should record multiple takes to make sure you have an insurance policy whenever you come to mixing it 
and you should label those multiple texts so you know exactly what each one is and if there's any problems with it. So recording can be a fun, the most fun part of the process. Generally, if you're recording a band, most bands are quite lighthearted and they want to play about a bit. Now you're the guy there cracking the whip to try and get this done. But at the end of the day, if the band's relaxed and you're having fun with it and you're having fun, you'll enjoy it a lot more and chances are they'll play a lot easier as well and they'll play better. So have fun with recording, but remember you're the guy this is all going to fall back on whenever you come to mix it. So get it done right and do it to the best of your ability and it'll make your job a whole lot easier and you will look like the bee's knees whenever you hand over those final tracks and they sound amazing. Uh, those bands and artists are going to come back to you if you can deliver the goods that they were looking for. So take your time, do it right and don't do the things that are going to cause you more trouble in the long run. Okay, that's the main segment done. We're going to move on to the My Advice section of the show now. Okay, in the My Advice section of the show, we're going to keep on that recording theme. And I have one piece of advice here that may just make you stand out head and shoulders above the rest. And that is, when you're going to a recording session with a band or an artist, or if you're doing live uh, recordings, be prepared for everything. And I mean everything. If you are the guy that if something goes wrong, even if it's not really your problem or it's not an issue that you should be dealing with, if you can step forward and go, don't worry about it, I can sort it out, those people are going to look at you and know you're a guy that can get stuff done. So it's maybe more true in the live uh, recording side of things. So if you're recording a live gig, and maybe there's issues with the live sound guys, which really isn't your issue. You're only there to capture a recording of it. If you can help them out and get it sorted out, they're going to work with you a lot more often. So be prepared for equipment failures. Um, have spare gear on hand. Now, you obviously can't have a spare for every single piece of gear you own, but even the, the simplest of things, have spare cables there. Have spare mic stands. Or if you can't afford spare cables, have a soldering iron and a basic tool kit with you. So if something goes wrong with one of your cables, you can fix it there and then. Rather than having to call off the whole show because you've run out of mic cables and you can't get the recording done right, it's going to stress you out and you're not going to work to the best way you can. Whereas if you're ready for everything, you can go, right, pull the cable out, I'll put a new one in, we're still good to go, and there's no drama happening. The same if you're recording a band in a studio. If you have all your stuff set up and your hard drive fails, you can't call off the whole thing just because your hard drive has failed. Your band might have been recorded or preparing for this for a long time. They're eager to go, they're in, they're in the right mood for it, and suddenly there's a spanner in the works and the whole thing's called off. So have a spare hard drive sitting about, or at least have it in your head that you know if my hard drive fails. I can record to this one here and I know how to set it up quickly and not take the whole project off the tracks uh, just because there's this issue arised. Now, generally, if you're working with half-decent gear, there shouldn't be any issues. If you're working with half-decent cables, there generally isn't a lot of problems. But if you're doing long cable runs or maybe noise creeping into your signal and you need to know how to deal with things like that, there's just little issues that you maybe don't have in day-to-day -day recording Every now and again, they crop their head up, 
just to cause you more hassle than you actually need. So if you know how to deal with them calmly and you get it done quickly, you're going to be the guy they lift the phone to every time they need something done. So keep that in mind. Even if you're only recording yourself, uh, try and have spare gear there so that if something arises whenever you're working, if you're in the middle of your flow and you're getting stuff done and suddenly this happens, it can really put you off. So if you're prepared for it, whenever you do eventually come to record other bands, you'll be confident enough to know that you can handle every problem that arises. So be prepared for everything. Prepare for the worst. Um, what are some of the other cheesy sayings? Uh, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Just make sure you can cover every eventuality that's going to arise during a recording session. Because chances are the one time you're not prepared for it, that's the time it will all go wrong. And you'll be left sitting in the corner of your studio with your head in your hands crying like a baby. So that's it from this week's show. Uh, thanks for listening again. I don't know if I've done this yet, but I'd just like to thank everybody who listens to the show or reads the blog. Uh, I started up about four months ago, I think it was, and I've been astonished by the response I've had to it. Um, going through stats and stuff and speaking to people on Facebook or Twitter, they seem to be happy with what I'm putting out there. Now, I know it maybe doesn't live up to some of the bigger ones that are there, but eventually I hope to get there. This is the same as recording and mixing. It's a learning process. I'm learning a bit more of what to write about and how to put these podcasts together. Um, if I'm not getting anywhere with them, let me know. If there's something going drastically wrong, whenever it gets to the end user, send me a message on the blog or on Facebook or Twitter and let me know what you want to hear about. At the end of the day, if I'm sitting here talking to myself, it's not doing me any favours and nobody's learning from it. So, again, thanks for listening to everybody. Uh, spread the word about it if you can. Uh, I don't charge for any of my content. It's all done for free because I do actually enjoy making it and I enjoy speaking to people and giving them advice. So, thanks for listening. I uh, hope you keep tuning in. And until the next time, keep recording, keep mixing and keep it simple.